again you are listening to the outer edge on the psn radio network hi i'm tim swartz and with me tonight is mike mott mike say hi to the audience hi hello out there radio land this is my radio voice i can't do it man i just can't do it uh, I, know. I remember when I was a kid, all the DJs talked like that. I don't know if you remember. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, we got to talk like this if I'm on the radio. Yeah, okay. Whatever. It was like, it was like the guys who always used to advertise for the, uh, um, um, Oh my gosh, uh, the, uh, the monster drag, trucks, the monster <laughs> trucks and drag racing, you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday there at the Noble County Fairgrounds, you'll have monster trucks and drag racing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. Uh, no, that's not what we're all about here. We're all about being mm. ourselves, whatever, that's, whatever that means. Whatever that means. That's right. That's right. Some so, people, some people love oh, us. Some people hate us. What can we yeah. say? But yeah, it 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 doesn't hurt my feelings that there are some people who hate us out. <laughs> I don't care. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> but, but you know, um, it's always good to be here on the PSN Radio Network. And, That's uh, right. Sunday night, little uh, possible storms moving through, so yes. hopefully uh, we'll 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 remain on the air. I am under a tornado watch right now, and, you know, it just seems like almost every third Sunday or so, this happens. <laughs> I have thunderstorms and tornado watches coming through, and it's like it's scheduled for Sunday, Sunday night, apparently. So, Yeah, it is. It's scheduled for Sunday! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Sunday. <laughs> is, it, is it aliens? Is it gremlins? Is it, you know... Gremlins, yeah. I blame gremlins. Duro is the Duro, maybe. Duro. Oh, yeah, yeah, with their with their weather mech. Their weather mech. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, speaking of aliens, I guess that uh, the uh, the show Ancient Aliens uh, snuck a surprise on you this uh, this past Friday. Yeah, it did, man. I, I found out through the grapevine, I, actually on Facebook, somebody posted, she said, wow, I just saw you on Ancient Aliens. And I thought, okay, well, that was a rerun, you know. And then uh, I got to, I, I missed some phone calls from somebody, and I called him back, and 
the next day and he on Saturday and he said, Hey man, I saw you and I said, Well what was the episode about? And he told me and I said, Oh, a new one. So hmm. I didn't know. So then I had people uh give me a screen grab and I managed to find a way to watch it and I watched it and then uh um got me some screen grabs and so uh I decided it was a very timely topic and we we had talked about, you know, a lot of, of course you know how it is when you go, you talk for two hours about all kinds of stuff and then they use it, you know, different for different shows. And uh so I, I I did a new blog post about it, which is now up. And so uh, at monomorphic dot com slash blog there's a new post about the topic that we discussed on uh, Ancient Aliens this past Friday. Which was basically hidden pyramids, um, submerged civilizations, particularly pyramids, uh, the, the lost civilization of Mu in the Pacific, things like that. So, pretty cool. Yeah, that is. That is. Fascinating. Fascinating subject, you know. Um, I was just, uh, I, I was reading something not too long ago, and, and this, uh, this was something that I had, I had read in a, a book years ago. Uh, about uh, a, a white pyramid in China, right? That uh, I guess during World War II, um, uh, pilots had uh, had seen it as they were, uh, you know, crisscrossing, you know, uh, generally, you know, supposedly unexplored areas of of China. And even though there has been some pictures released of uh, allegedly the same pyramid. Right. Uh, apparently it's not, uh, you know, apparently the pyramids that, uh, that have been released uh, from China are some well-known, known ones. Right. The white, and they're covered in, they're covered in trees. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. While the, yeah. while the white, while the white pyramid that, uh, that these pilots allegedly saw was right. in a fairly inaccessible mountainous region. Right. Uh, and, and I guess, uh, you know, by their calculations, even bigger than the Great Pyramid. In, in, well, uh, in you know, region. it's interesting, Tim, because anywhere that's not an arid desert region, pyramids are going to be covered up mm-hmm. over time. They're going to be. I mean, they're going to be. They, they're going to become eventually indistinguishable from hills and 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 mountains and things like that. So, you know, when you hear about people, well, people scoff about the idea of the the Bosnian pyramid, or the Chinese pyramid, or even the one they they say that has now been found in Alaska. I mean, don't scoff because those things, those are structures made of stone. And, you know, over time they're going to become covered in soil. They're going to become covered in, in growth. I mean, look what happens to your, your driveway if you don't go out and, you know, kill the weeds. The, I mean, they'll literally crack it to pieces and cover it, you know, so. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So there are definitely, there's definitely something to this, this worldwide pyramid thing. There's no doubt about it. Well, and it is, it is, yeah, and there you go. I mean, you, you say, you know, worldwide pyramid thing yeah uh, you know that's uh i just you know i've always been curious about this the the universality uh with humanity and pyramids and why you have what supposedly are diverse cultures that you know aren't supposed to have had uh influence uh with each other yet are building structures that um look uh, an awful lot alike. Uh, right. I mean, now, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the pyramids, say, like in Mexico, Central America, things like that, I mean, they, they don't look like the Egyptian pyramids, uh, but the, then the pyramids in China, 
I mean, they do. They they look a lot like the uh, the the Egyptian pyramids. So, what is it about that? Uh, what is it about that shape? And then, of course, there was a. Yeah, did you exactly. see there? Some, somebody put out a picture of uh, a new pyramid on Mars that they found using Google Earth or Google Mars, whatever you call it. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it, but you know, it doesn't surprise me because if you look at the Sidonian Sidonian Plateau, there uh, there's definitely something going on there. Um, you know, there's definitely uh, th- those are not natural structures. Now, I know that NASA and other uh, there are other uh, concerns out there that will go out of their way to to uh, convince us that they are natural stru- structures, but they're not. I mean, they're they're uh, mathematically precise, you know, um, mm. and, and on a, on a huge scale. So, yeah, it, it, it's obvious that the Sidonian Plateau that there's something going on there. There are ruins there, and so you see those same sorts of forms uh, repeated here. On Earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, you talk about the Sidonia uh, area on Mars. Uh, the, there's a there's a picture that uh, NASA has released. I'm not sure when they when they brought this one out. Uh, fairly recently, because I'd never seen it before. That you know showed the you know the supposed uh, face on Mars, and and of course it looks it looks nothing like a face, but it looks almost like somebody like blew a bomb up on top of it or something. Which, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if somebody didn't do that, you know, like, oh my god, there's a face there, quick, let's, uh, let's throw, you know, throw something up there. <laughs> yeah, it, ha- it does seem to have changed since Viking uh, took uh-huh. the photos. But on top of that, I mean, there there are a lot of anomalies there that are just not uh, easily dismissed, let's put it that way. I mean, I've seen things there myself. I uh, several years ago, you probably remember this. I, I downloaded one of the high resolution photos from NASA's website, from JPL actually, of uh, the big crater when when uh, the rover stopped and took photos down in the crater, and uh, uh, you know from the edge. And mm-hmm. I, this thing was very high resolution. And I I blew it up and I found all kinds of things there that were simply not natural artifacts. I don't believe it because they were. Again, they were symmetrical. There was one object that looked like it was about the size of a hubcap, maybe, and it was, um, of course, it's hard to tell, but it looked like a giant piece of honeycomb cereal. It was perfectly uh, symmetrical, shaped exactly like that, with perforations or indentations and with the uh, the curved edge. And there was another object that was a fluted, curvilinear object that looked almost like a sculpture. There was another object that looked like, almost like an anvil or a piece of machinery with you know very precision um Precision, excuse me, precision machined edges and flanges and things like that. These were not rocks. I mean, there's no way these were rocks. And, you know, if, if they were rocks, they would all have a similar appearance being in the same environment. You know what I mean? In mm-hmm. the same general mm-hmm. vicinity. But they all look like, it looked like a debris field is what it looked like. It looked like something, you know, whether, rather than an impact crater, you have to wonder if those could not be, you know, bomb craters from, a very long time ago, or something, or maybe it is impact craters, and there was a civilization that was destroyed by that. So it's very interesting, for sure. Hmm. 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 I don't know. Um, it, uh, it it wouldn't surprise me if there if there wasn't, you know, a a group here on our planet that uh, is is very interested in making sure that any evidence like that is 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 kept. 
undercover for as long as possible. Right. Um, I know that uh, there was a uh, there's a writer. Well, he's a physicist as well, Dr. Jim uh, uh, Brandenburg, who has written uh, quite a bit about uh, Mars and uh, its anomalies and uh, and things like that. And he was he was doing uh, he was doing a presentation. Gosh, was it? oh now that I started this conversation. Now I'm not sure if it. Uh, if it was uh, uh, Dr. Brandenburg or not, yeah, anyway, I, think, I think it was. I think it was. Well, what, what I was gonna, what I was going to say is that um, he was giving a talk um, in, in in front of a lot of uh, uh, a bunch of fellow scientists, and he was talking about um, some uh, Martian meteorites that had been found in uh, the Arctic, or, and uh, that that was, it seemed to be pretty sure that there was fossilized. Um, bacteria uh, in this uh, Martian meteorite, and 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 one scientist, I guess, got up and took um, <laughs> took great offense on this, and and basically, I mean, this guy, this scientist, was fo- foaming at the mouth and and almost yeah. phys- physically attacked attacked Dr. Brandenburg, saying that none of this could be true because it went against the Bible. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you, you run into these people who have these entrenched views and they don't know what they're talking about because it actually doesn't go against the Bible, if you know where to look. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but here's the thing. I mean, you, you also see the same sort of thing, you know, in academia and everywhere else. I mean, I, I think I told you the story before about the time that uh, I was at SIGGRAPH in uh, New Orleans back in the mid-90s, and um, there was a JPL booth there, and this story has kind of made its way around the internet since I've told it online many times, but I'm the guy that this happened to. Mm-hmm. I was uh, at the JPL booth, and I was talking to one of the planetary scientists, and we were talking about lots of stuff, and, and he was actually, you know, really open and everything, and, we were, and, and he was even talking to me about, you know, I said, well, what do you think about Mars? Said, well, there are a lot of really strange things, you know, there's a lot of anomalies. I said, yeah, it almost looks like... Uh, uh, the, the ruins of a civilization. He goes, well, we really don't know. And, you know, but at least he was having a conversation with me. And this went on for a little while. And then I said, well, I said, I said, so, I said, well, what about Planet X? And I mean, he went from Mr. Friendly, Gabby, Yakety Yak. I mean, it was like somebody just threw a pail of water on him. His whole demeanor changed. And he, he just went from Mr. Garrulous to stern and stoic, you know. And, huh. uh, as soon as I said that, his face changed, and he said, "What about it?" Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Well, what do you think it is?" And he goes, "Well, if we knew that, we wouldn't call it Planet X, would we?" And he turned around and walked away. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Now, now, what, what, what button did you push? Exactly. What talking is it that, about Planet X? Exactly. It was very strange. I mean, it was like he just turned into a totally different person and turned around and left. That is that's 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 just really bizarre. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, because uh, uh, you know, most most people in the public, I mean, they wouldn't know Planet X if it <laughs> if it swooped down from the sky and uh, <laughs> and bit him in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> well, remember that the the Eros or E R A S satellite um, mm. sighted this thing back in the seventies, and it was reported in the news. And then it just kind of dropped out, gone. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Now I said it was just... it was so large that it was disturb, majorly disturbing the uh, um, the orbits of the outer planets. 
Um, so it has to be something with an immense gravitational field. And, mm-hmm. you know, this was something that was known and was talked about for like 15 minutes, 15 minutes and then boom, it was gone. <laughs> right. So, yeah, well, every, you know, every, things that, every once in a while, you know, I mean, there was just uh, a story that came out a couple of months ago that uh, they were saying that, uh, well, there may not, you know, there, there, there may not only be a planet X, out at the fringes of the uh, solar system, but two planet X's. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise you know, me. Of, of, you know, equal, if not larger size than the one that they were uh, talking about. Well, you know, there's <laughs> there's some evidence, too, that, that we're in a binary system. You know, I mean, most star systems are binary systems. And if we had a dark, a dark star twin, like, say, a neutron star or something, and if it were situated, okay, let's just say that by coincidence, and this is very possible, you know, if it were situated on the opposite side of the sun from us always, mm-hmm. we would never know it was here. And there could be planetary bodies of immense size or any size that could go between those two systems. You know, we know that that does happen. Right. So there could be something out there you know, that sort of has like an, uh, a figure eight orbit. And, you know, and so it, could, it will come through. It will cut it. If that's the case, it definitely would cut across the plane of the ecliptic. It, it wouldn't be, you know, in line with the other planets. Mm-hmm. It would. It would do exactly what the ancients said that this unknown giant planetary body does, which is it, it was called the um, the planet of the crossing because it crossed the plane of the ecliptic. It came from up from top to bottom or bottom to top, and it basically comes through the solar system. Uh, you know, wreaking havoc as it goes. So it kind of makes sense. Wow. That's, that's a scary thought. <laughs> well, if it is, if that's the case, it's always been that way. I mean, it's nothing new. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I just think about, uh, you know, like all the stuff that, uh, um, Emmanuel Velikovsky wrote about. And, yes. Uh, you know, worlds in collision and, and stuff. I mean, you know, allegedly, you know, these, these great cosmic cataclysm that happened within i mean really recorded history of mankind right right but, you exactly. know but it's but it's been turned into you know mythologies and so it's not you know uh, it's it's not accepted as something that that actually happened and, and and you know when i say within recorded history of mankind i mean you know just really the the real outer fringes of recorded history right well that's uh, why we're into this isn't it i mean we're into the whole the whole mysterious nature of reality. Let's face it. I mean, that's what yanks our crank, man. Is is all these uh, mysterious uh, things and 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 tales and and uh, musings and and so forth. And uh, that's what makes life interesting for people mm-hmm. like you and I, anyway. And our and our guest tonight too. I think. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, tonight uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Chris Holly who uh, has a blog called Chris Holly's Endless Journey with the Unknown and uh, I've been I have been reading um her stuff for a long time now gosh I can't remember um when I first ran across her stuff and I'll have to ask her because it seems to me that you know her the, the name of her blog you know uh, Chris Holly's Endless Journey with the Unknown I mean I I think that that she has had several different blogs under different names over the years, um, but uh, she uh, she she just always has just some absolutely fascinating stories 
uh, to tell, especially her stories about uh, so, uh, the weird stuff that take place on uh, Long Island, uh, not Long Island, New York. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. And uh, so, uh, gosh, I think that she's been writing since 1996, is what she says. Cool. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting her on here and... Uh, just kind of uh, um, uh, uh, talking about some of the more unusual things that she has written about, like the uh, the, the albino family that uh, right. lived on Long Island and uh, some of the other uh, 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 unusual things. Uh, uh, I, she, her family used to live on uh, uh, like the, the, the Mount Misery area of Long right. Island. Which, which well, uh, any... you know, I... Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that, I, as I recall, I think she's had some... Strange experiences herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly, exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, they uh, her, her her family used to live on the Mount uh, Misery area of Long Island. Which, if you have read any of John Keel's work, uh, especially like Haunted Planet and the Mothman Prophecies, that whole area was steeped in high weirdness for a long, long time. Right. So, I mean, she was kind of you know her and her family. They were kind of like at. Uh, you know, point zero, point right. zero 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 uh, in the weirdness index of Long Island. Wow, that's pretty awful. <laughs> it is, it is. So, uh, well, and if, you know, if anybody wants to call in tonight and uh, ask us or, or Holly some questions, our call-in number, uh, as always, is 786-245-8127. Uh, you can also, uh, 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 you know, you can instant message us on Facebook. Uh, we, uh, our Facebook site is, uh, you know, The Outer Edge Radio. And, of course, uh, our website itself is TheOuterEdgeRadio.com. So there's lots and lots of ways to, uh, and, of course, there's the chat room, the, the PSN Radio chat room. But, but we don't go there. We're, we're too old school for that. <laughs> I just get distracted so easily. Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, yeah, we're not into that. But there are people there who I'm sure will be glad to chat with you. They yeah. may not talk about what's on the show, but I'll probably chat with you. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm sipping my cup of tea, and I just I just don't have time to chat, you know, with the young no. folks. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I mean here we are. We're monitoring, we're monitoring Skype. We're talking on the, the show. We're keeping up with Facebook messages, and... uh my you know. God, what else can we do? Yeah, what else do you expect from us? I mean, come on. My, my, my brain can't handle it. My server, has, my, my server has been erased. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my synapses have stopped firing. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's go, uh, let's go ahead and go to our first break here, Mike. And uh, when okay. we come back, uh, we'll, we'll be talking with our guest, uh, Chris Holly. So uh, stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back. You're listening to The Outer Edge on the PSN Radio Network. I would like to direct this to the distinguished members of the panel. You lousy corksuckers, you have violated my Fargan rights. This Samanambaching country was founded so that the liberties of common patriotic citizens like me could not be taken away by a bunch of Fargan ice holes like yourselves. Thank you very much. Remember... Future Theater can be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, 
with your host, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Hi, Karumba. Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on the PSN Radio. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to The Outer Edge Radio with William Michael Mott and Tim Schwartz. Only on PSN Radio. Because we 
Welcome back to The Outer Edge. I'm Mike Mott here with Tim Schwartz. It is Sunday, April 19th, where I am. Monday, April 20th, where Tim is, and I'll be there in about 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And we are now joined by the lovely Chris Holly. Chris, how are you? Oh, I'm just fine. And hello to you and everyone else out there. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking your time for us uh, late, late, late in the night or early in the morning, depending on uh, how you look at things. So, I mean, it's uh, it's it's great that uh, uh, you decided to be with us tonight. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm very glad to be here. Well, you know, I mean, we have a lot of people that you know we, we, we try to get onto our program. And, you know, at first they're like, oh, yeah, sure, I'd love to be on your program. And we're, okay, well, you know, it's uh, it's Sunday nights at midnight. Oh, uh, well, I have to get up early, you know, in, in the morning, so I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, but there are always those who do, so. Yeah. I, I do most of my writing between midnight and four in the morning. So for me, this is like, I don't know, maybe I'm a bat or something, but that's when I'm like the most lucid and and awake i'm a night person so to me this is fine it's like you know i'm having breakfast with you for me, for me. <laughs> oh that's a great that's a great way to put it and and you know i mean it, it it's the same way with me because i mean i i have to get up you know during the week fairly early in the morning to you know send my send my little girl off to school and then and then i'll you know i'll write all day and I'll actually, you know, after I've uh, fixed supper for everyone, I'll I'll, I'll nap a little bit, and then I get a um, a resurgence of energy around ten o'clock. It's it's always around that time, and it's it's like the day starts all over again for me about that time, and then I can yeah. continue. I can continue on, you know, for for quite a few hours. And well, the same here. Morning to me is you just sit and stare and please don't talk to me. That's the way I feel about when everybody else is bustling around in the world and busy. I hate it, and I admit it freely. So it was rough when I had to function during the day, and you know, and, and had regular jobs. I basically um, just kind of stared at everybody till noon, <laughs> then I would come alive. It's just I think your body chemistry. I like the night. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, to to me, the worst of it, uh, you know, during the daytime, is you know, like uh, all the people who are calling you or knocking on your doors and stuff, wanting to talk to you. And you know, I mean, you know, I, I always get the the phone solicitors, and then you know, the Jehovah's Witness or you know, people like that. And you know, it's it's just like you know, just just leave me alone. You exactly. Know, I try to be, yeah, you try to be polite about it at first. Then after about no, the, you, you know, yeah, well, you know, I, at 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 first, at first I do, you know, and then by yeah. you know by around the fifth or sixth one, then you know, I'm just like, go away. <laughs> well, the the telephone stuff's gotten out of hand. It really has. I mean, it's much worse than it used to be. And they had to have the do not call list, and that's not stopping anybody. No, does not work. No. Oh, especially the ro- the robo callers. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know if you have have gotten these, but uh, and they've kind of they've slowed down here now. But I uh, for for a long time, every day I would get these robocalls where it was. Uh, gosh, what was it? It was like, uh, um, hi, there's nothing wrong with your credit card, but there could be. So call yeah. us here at Card Services, 
And I looked it up Which is one a scam. time. It's a scam. It is. It is. Well, and you know, you're supposed to like, you know, push, you know, push zero to talk to one of our operators. And I found out that actually card services was a scam operation that worked like maybe about five years ago. And then the government put them out of business. But before they got put out of business, they sold their recording to some other scam company who's now using it. Yeah. Oh, it's very so, annoying. It me. Yeah, yeah. And I like it when they tell you, this is the last time they're going to call. Also, this is the last chance you have until the next morning. When they call you and say the same exact thing. I have a talking telephone, and it tells me who's calling me, and then it just directly goes into, you know, an answering thing. So I, I just don't, you know, ever pick up the phone and actually speak to any of these things. That's how um, unfriendly I am during the daytime, but it's the truth because they don't stop. You can try everything. There are no call lists, and they just they just are torturous, let's face it. Yeah, well, I, I got some calls for a while from <clears throat> some precious metals people, <clears throat> and it was a scam. I, I did a little investigation, and these were people that were basically running pawn shops in New York City. And this guy called me one day again. And I said, look, you know, and I told him what I knew, and I told him I wasn't interested. And he got, like, nasty, like, you know, profane, uh, you know, you know, saying some pretty nasty stuff to me. And I will say that he got back better than he <laughs> dealt out. I, I actually made him so angry, he started screaming. <laughs> and I had his phone number and everything. So needless to say, his phone number went out to a whole bunch of people. Who all had a lot of fun with him, so huh. <laughs> he, ne- he never called me again. <laughs> uh, well, now so, see, see, Chris, this is uh, this is the way our show goes. I mean, we 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 have we have already gotten so wildly off the subject. <laughs> but, but these things are annoying to us, so we have That's to get right. them off our chest. That's right. right. Uh, well, that's 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 going to be our our next our next show. I mean, after uh, the outer edge goes off the air, we're going to have the show things that just really annoy us. Really bother call us. Really, right. a bitch session. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. To get back on topic, because this is all about you and your research tonight. Um, so you grew up in an area that was pretty pretty uh, dense with paranormal activity, didn't you? Yeah, yes, and still is. It's just um, one of those places where unusual, odd, strange, unknown, unexplained things happened all the time. And I think it's just nuts. And I think there's also a lot of people here, for whatever reason, that got involved with it, not because they wanted to, that were chosen or picked on. Uh, that uh, got involved with these things, and it went on for, oh, God, it, it's still going on, but it's been going on, for, I'd say, a couple of hundred years that I can go back and figure out at least. Well, correct me but, if I am wrong here, but wasn't there someone in your area, I don't know, I don't know if it was you or, or somebody else, but several years ago I saw a post, and I thought it might have been on your blog, about somebody that had something really scary come to their house. I think a lot of people here have things that are really scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, like an actual I think physical worse than instance that. Of kind. 
Uh, yeah. of, oh, you mean the... That was me when I was 16 years old. That thing that came and was yes. inside my house. Yes. That was one of the... First of all, that was the story that I could never shake off. That finally got me when I stopped working full-time uh, and started to decided to you know start to write about these things because they just wouldn't stop in my life and right. so many people around me were also telling me what was going on with them but that story was one of the first ones I wrote about many years ago because it was so absolutely horrible and right. still is to this day it tortures me and frightens me and I, I it, it was terrible I had some kind of thing went into my parents' house when we were all out. I was 16 years old <clears throat> and waited for, and it was me that went home first. I was 16 years old and bringing home, and I only had a junior license, which in New York at the time, in the 60s, you had to bring, the, if you were 16, you couldn't drive after dark. So mm -hmm. in the summer, by 9 o'clock, you had to be home. So my mother, this one night, let me take her new convertible and my girlfriend to McDonald's as long as I was home at 9 o'clock. And she went out with my father somewhere, just, you know, not to the bowling or something with their friends. And my brother was out. And I came home with my girlfriend at, at you know, when I was supposed to. And we pulled in front of the house and we ran inside my house. And I noticed all the lights were out. My parents never did that. They left all the lights on. Right. And when we were in the house, we had been drinking soda all night at McDonald's. We were running and laughing and giggling, my two girlfriends and I, to the bathroom to, to, to relieve ourselves. And it was one of these bathrooms where it has the second water closet and then the sinks in another part of the bathroom. And when my one girlfriend was using the bathroom and the other, the other two were in we were combing our hair and so forth, and we heard something in the house, hmm. and it was a noise, and like said, my friend looked at me and said, we are not alone. We have to get out of here, and right. we ran out of the house screaming and got in the car and first kind of thought it was funny until we looked up at the house, and then it was horrifying. The lights in the house started to go on and off, like in the living room, in the kitchen, in my parents' bedroom, in the other bedrooms, in the hall, the front lights, the lights that were for the driveway lights. But at a rate, what it was like a, a blinking, like Christmas lights that blink that mm -hmm. fast. It, it just so fast that there's no way humanly you could run around and turn the, all these light switches on and off because they were in all different parts of the house. Right, and it and it frightened us because what had the power to do that? Right, like we, an electromagnetic was, field, maybe it, or it something. Was, it was terrible, and the whole house was blinking like a Christmas tree, and we were like, "Oh my God!" And then with that, we heard a scream, an absolute angry scream of something that that also was not human. It howled, and I realized that thing was in there waiting for me. Huh. And yeah, it was yeah. angry that I got back out, of, ran back out of the house, and that you so, had someone with you when you sh when you came. Too. And I had two other girls with me, right? Oh, two of okay, good. I had two other girls with me, so we were out now looking up at the house, horrified. And there were no cell phones at this time. You had to oh, yeah. go to a phone booth, right? 
So we decided the quickest place, the fastest place to go was to head up towards the fire house in town because there was always a policeman there and blah, blah. And as we were riding up to make the turn, my friend's brothers drove by us down Main Street because he was 18 and could drive at night. And we, we, you know, blew the horn and stopped him. And he had two of his football player friends with him. And they were going to go back to the house with us and see what was going on, being all brave. And we drove back to my house. And they sat in the front. We pulled up. And the light show started again. And the boys listened to it. And I mean, watched it. And then this thing started to howl and scream. And it was a howl like... Something, I, I never heard anything like it. Like a wild beast that was being tortured is the only way I could explain it. Just right. screeching and screaming. Oh, and, wow. it, and, and it started to pound on the walls in my house so loud that we could hear it outside. So her, her brother, the, you know, the boys said to us, this isn't for us. This is way past us. And the one brother... For some reason, we should have all left, but we were teenagers. We were not right in the head, is all I can say. <laughs> is the one brother, what two brother, the one brother's friend took the boy's car, and he was going to speed up to the firehouse and get the police and whoever right. else is there. And we were going to sit out front in, in some kind of way, thinking we could protect my parents' house. If we were out front, we could pull away if it came out, but make sure it didn't get away. I don't know what we were thinking. I started to cry because when this thing started to scream, that's the only thing I could do. I was 16. I, you know, would start to cry and shake. I couldn't function. So the friend came back with the policeman and my parents were right behind that, them just because they were coming home. And they all pulled up and the policeman was going to take and approach the house and this thing was screaming and doing the light thing and he decided to call for backup. Now, mm. it, it was a horrible thing. Then my father got involved. The police came. They did go into the house. Guns drawn, whatever. Went inside and they couldn't find anything. But they were in there for a very long time and finally called my mother and I. They sent the other kids home. My mother and I was left out in the car, and they finally called my mother and I in and took my mother down the hall, and then my mother started crying, and I got scared and broke away from the cop that was trying to, you know, make me focus on what he was saying to me, and ran down when ran into my bedroom, and in my bedroom, my closet door had been opened, and behind it was a little chair that was taken from my father's office and on the floor was a rope that this thing or person or it was a thing we found out later had been sitting there behind my closet door with this rope waiting for me to come home. Oh my goodness. And when I didn't come in the room, he got so angry that he clawed my walls, all ripped down the sheetrock, was all ripped. And he took my nightgown, which I had under my pillow, and shredded it to pieces. And the house smelled so bad that it was making us wretch. It was so terrible. Right. So this was 
police came. They had dogs. They searched everywhere. In front of the house was this, like, ditch, which was for water, but they called it the open mall or some fancy thing like this in this development of houses. And it had these four-foot-high pipes that ran out to the river that was, you know, a couple of miles away and out to this big state park. And they figure whatever this thing was came in from the, that, that way, through the river, through the pipes, into the house, and knew that a young woman was in there, a young girl was in there. Right. Probably had been oh, watching you for, for a while. So for, It was absolutely horrible. It gets worse. About two or three weeks go by, I would not sleep in my room alone. I was sleeping in my brother's room on the floor, on my parents' room on the floor. You know, I was frightened to death. I didn't want to stay in that house anymore. And it took us a very long time to get the smell out. And my father had put, like, bars and things on the back of the house, the windows. It was awful. Things went along, and we thought, well, whatever that thing is, it's gone. Not so. Right next door to me, there was another 17-year-old girl that lived in that house. I have a little cold. I'm sorry. I'm so hoarse. That's okay. And um, she was in the house with her mother and her little brother. Her father was in the um, army, the military at the time, and left the mother with a weapon at all times to protect them because he was he was often gone. And they were all in the house, and my girlfriend was sitting in this little TV room off of the kitchen that these houses all had. And her couch was underneath this kind of big window, a double right. window. And she's watching TV, and all of a sudden... Something came, grabbed the window frame, ripped it away from the house, the entire window frame. Oh, my goodness. And reached in and grabbed her. And Mm. she started to scream. And her mother came with the gun and took a shot at it. And it yelped. And what they said, it was a long, but they thought scaly, reptile-looking arm with very long fingers and, like, claws that was holding her shoulder, and it had scratched her all up. She got away from it. The mother took the shot. She believed she hit it because it was yelping and screaming as it ran away. Right. Please come back again. They searched the neighborhoods. Never did not find it. So it didn't come back after that, but we didn't stay in that house too long after that either my father was never comfortable he wanted out he didn't know what that was and yeah. nobody else did either so <laughs> I, that, to say, I can't blame him yeah <laughs> yeah that was horrifying we don't know what it was we don't wow, know if it that's was amazing a, we just don't know what it was who it was but it was out to hurt us and it was and physically wanted, real because it brought it actually brought a rope yeah. So that's saying that it was, at least for or, the time or, being, it was physically real, and it was looking for a physically, you know, to do something physical to a victim. Well, the cop to told restrain. my mother, if yeah. I hadn't had my friends with me, that he would have had a, a this would have been a different outcome. Yeah, you know, it would have had a missing child, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was absolutely horrifying. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had many other strange things, but that was pretty bad. That one was an attempt to really do me harm, you know, 
nothing else but arm. So right. yeah, that that happened to me. <laughs> that particular well, and, story. <laughs> you know, you're and, and you're talking about you're not talking about just you know like say some kind of 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 wild. Uh, animal. This was something that had intelligence behind it because if it if it had a chair in your closet and a rope and was sitting there, I mean, you know, a, a wild creature wouldn't do that. This was something that that had a plan that was thinking it out. Absolutely. And was waiting. Yeah, absolutely waiting. Kind of knew, you know, that the, my everybody was gone, or knew, or maybe we had a routine, and I didn't even, you know, didn't even realize it. That that's when I was often by myself in the house, mm-hmm. uh, but it took ripped the back door out of the wood right away. Also, I wanted to mention it had powerful strength. It was you know able to pull out wood from wood, which you just can't do. A man just cannot do that, and right. that's how we got got into the house too through the back. Mm. But it was um, horrifying, and it was horrifying for my girlfriend. Because it kept, it took and gave her a pretty good gash in her shoulder. It was going to try to pull her through the window. So, you know, it was a terrible time for us all during that, that summer. Well, did you ever have any indication that it, that it was around again later? Did it ever seem like it was coming back or you no. suspected that it was? No, I didn't. But also, we then kept our house lit up. No one was allowed to be alone in the house. You always had to have another, you know, family member or someone come stay with you. Or the house was yeah. lit up constantly. I mean, all night long until yeah. we left. Until we felt well, I'm a firm believer left. in the Second Amendment. So was my father, <laughs> and, <laughs> we, and so was everybody. I, I lived. It was in the country at that time, and yeah. country people. That's you. You know. Oh yeah. Or you're able to take care of yourself. Let's put it that way. That's right. That's right. 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 And but, it doesn't um, even have to be bullets. It can be other things. So Right. Yeah. But this thing got in through the, that tunneling system, which meant it also figured out its, its you know exit and had a place to go to to get away. Whether it flew in, boated in, swam in, we don't know. But it's all it, swampland and and right. water, and then ocean uh, on Long oh, Island okay. and rivers and waterways. So right. it's very easy to get in and get out. So you didn't so, see any indication of like um, footprints or, or, no, or water no. residue or anything like that. Only the smell in the house. And what did it smell like, Chris? Oh my oh. God! Uh, it smelled like mold, mildew. And skunk, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very pungent, and it would make you kind of wretch, like it was that strong. Yeah. Where it was very offensive. That sounds almost be... like a, the, the description of, of various hairy humanoid smells, too. Yes, it, it, did, it did. Years later, when I would read about that, I thought, gee, you know, that thing smelled like that also. Mm-hmm. But What you don't hear a lot about, too, is that there have been sightings of creatures that, you know, people want to call them Bigfoot or want to call them Sasquatch-type animals. But these entities, and I'm, I'm calling them entities, they have characteristics like a hairy humanoid, but then they'll have scaly skin. Um, you know, they don't fit the, the and claws. And claws, claws. And sometimes yeah. three toes and things like that. So 
those things. But, you know, also at that time on Long Island, um, going full strength at the end of Long Island, which really was not that far from where I lived, if you could fly it or use the water to, to navigate it and didn't take all the winding roads. You know, if you flew straight as the, the, uh, an arrow from one point to another, it was not a long distance, was Plum Island and mm-hmm. Camp Hero, both places that had lots of very strange, terrible things going on at it. And I do right. believe that a lot of the things that happened to the people on Long Island originated from those points and were experiments that got loose, went bad, were sent out to see what they would do, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, scenarios you can come up with. Right. But I think right. that that it didn't surprise us too much that a lot of these things happened because, as I said, they were doing terrible things in those places at that time. But uh, your your experience, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like that you were dealing with something that would be classified as as you know, like just strictly a, um, a, a, a well, a physical creature because you had that paranormal element of right. the lights going on and off. You know, and as yeah, far as oh, I, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. And Which that, I mean, oh, they yeah. are. It, but it, but you know, you think about this. It has to be basically a humanoid because, I mean, it has hands. How how else would it be able to manipulate a rope and plan on tying you up and ripping up? You know, reaching up, ripping off the window sill, or the other, or the window frame of the other house. I mean, it had to be something that was essentially humanoid in form, even if it was very large. And it may not have been that large if it was sitting in a chair behind your closet yeah. door. Right. You know, it could have just been something really, really horrible, whatever it was. And it also was there intentionally to oh, get yeah. the, the teenager, you know. So it, yeah. it, it was it was awful. It was really, really awful. Even just talking to you about it makes me shake because that was a very close call. Well, I've seen your that. yeah. I've seen your blog off and on yeah. for several years, and that's still the story from your blog that I remember the most. Behind the closet door. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that that's uh, you know because that type of thing has happened to other people too. But but mm. the way you tell it and and the uh, all the details and the, the the recall that you have about all of it is it makes it. It should be one of the classic cases of this type of thing. It's, you know, and it still haunts me, and I, I'll never give out the address because I wouldn't do that now to the people that <clears throat> live in that house. But over my lifetime, I've gone back there a few times, and yeah. I could never even go cl- I would have to go on the other, there's a street, and then this, now it's enclosed. They covered up that mall. That was opened with the open, to you know, open pipes. I often wondered why did they do that, but they did. They covered it and closed it all over. I often wondered they have other problems with it. <clears throat> but yeah, I would you... go and park as far away as I can and look at that house, and it comes back to me so clearly how close I came to dying in there, and what a horrible experience it was. That I I, I can only look at it for like a minute and I want to go. I don't even want to. Be there. Mm. So well, do you, do you, 
have you ever wanted to warn the people who were there? I do and I don't because how would you like it if you're living? Somebody told you that story about your house. Yeah, I, I would maybe you've been living there for twenty <laughs> years and everything's fine. Yeah, and you I know that horrible that. creature was in it trying <laughs> to kill somebody. You know, <clears throat> so um, that's been a conversation in my family for years. You know, should we tell them or not? And the not went out, leave it be, because there, there's no other reference to it in the neighborhood. But I also think that that had something, reason why all those open ditches were covered and the the pipes concealed so that yeah. whatever used it for transport couldn't any longer. Something so, else must have happened. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. But hmm. um, it, it was terrible. The thing was loud extremely loud you could hear the thing screaming and angry it had a temper i'll tell you that much it didn't get what it came for and it was angry so i i don't know what it was i really don't i'd say it was an alien it was a i don't know what it was reptus yeah it was something badly in need of decapitation (laughs) lovely (laughs) Yeah. God knows what it wanted to do to us, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I never found out. So it, mm-hmm. it's one of those things in life that you tell people and they just look at you like, yeah, you're crazy. But yeah. um, luckily for well, that- me, my family was involved, my friends, the police at the time. So it was just nobody knew what to make of it. Well, that's what I was going to say when Mike asked if you, you know, uh, if you ever considered going up and, you know, telling the people who currently live there what had happened. You know, considering that most people have no idea about or, or an interest in this kind of stuff, you know, I mean, if you came up and, and told them a story like that, most people's reaction would be like, oh, quick, shut the door. There is a crazy person out on the front porch. Absolutely. And that's also one of the reasons. That's also one of the reasons many people don't tell their experiences because they know that's exactly. how people will react. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Ridicule and, you know, is, is not an easy thing to live with. It's very difficult. Mm. You have to be a person that's tough enough to say, I really don't care what you think. Yep. This is what I saw or this is what happened. And, um, you can take the knowledge to maybe protect yourself because you never know when you're next in line for that cold, the cold dead eyes of the unknown to focus on you, that maybe mm. you can learn something here to live through it. But uh, usually you just get blank, blank stares. Like, you yeah. know, you're really... Fr- and like here in New York, I can't remember if it was Ken Pfeiffer or who it was, who has a list out of areas in the country that have on high alert for UFO sightings. But New York was on highest alert, and they did it by number of people calling in reports all the time. And, of course, there's a large population here that would be, you know, reason for that. But it's also because we're right on the Atlantic Ocean, and especially like Manhattan and Long Island, where islands were constantly hanging out in the water like that. People don't really understand that. And... um. You could go around New York and ask how many people believe that, you know, UFOs are are there or that tell them that you've seen one and have had to deal with them firsthand. 
and they kind of still think you're crazy. And if the people living in supposedly one of the highest places where the most people see them. So, you know, it's just a very crazy way we have of dealing with things we don't understand in in this right. country, you yeah. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are very, very fearful, I think. And I think so. do not want to so, be shaken out of our little bubbles we live in. That's you know, perfectly I, that's true. And, yeah. And, and something, you know, that, that I've mentioned in, in some of the stuff I've written is that people, it's a defensive, a collective defensive mechanism. They'll try ridicule. First, they try to ignore it. Hmm. Then yeah. they'll try ridicule, scoffing, and, and it, if that doesn't work, ostracizing people that have had encounters and, and anomalous things happen to them. If that doesn't work, or that doesn't set their mind at ease, the next step is to trivialize whatever it is. This is why you have, for instance, um, ha, 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 Bigfoot selling beef jerky, or ha, 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 space aliens making long-distance phone calls on a borrowed cell phone, or or leprechauns on a breakfast cereal, things like this, because the, the idea for most people that such things can exist and are not within the control of the human species they they can't live with that. They cannot literally rest their heads and 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 feel comfortable in their own skin. The idea that such things can exist absolutely terrifies them. And I'm talking about, you know, you know, I don't care who they are. I don't care how big and tough they are. The fact is, if they act that way, you know, dealing with this type of stuff, then they're actually fearful. But it seems like it's a collective mechanism. You know the collective human psyche, because it, if we worried about these things all the time, we wouldn't be able to function as individuals or as a society. So the best thing we can do is compartmentalize, you know, these types of things and and say, well, this is this is silly and this is just crazy and this one over here, this is you know a misidentification or you know and and do all that constantly. Otherwise, there's no. You can't concentrate on the things that you just need to do day day by day. Yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent, and I also have a tremendous you know heart for those who do. In right. other words, they do. They live there. For instance, I I didn't want any part of this. I was a normal little kid, as far as paranormal is considered, a regular average girl of my generation doing all the regular things and I got married and I became a mother and a wife and I went into business and I ran a couple of businesses. I was successful. I educated myself. I did everything all the other American girls were doing of my age and my time. Except for one thing. I had this overlaying weight on me of these constant odd, strange things happening to me that I also had to carry. And because of the things you just laid out for us, the ridicule, the you're crazy, you didn't talk about it. You just dealt with it by yourself. That's right. Maybe if you were lucky, you had a family member or something, or or relatives that would try to help you. But you were on your own. So there's not just me, there's many other people like me 
that do have to live the normal life and show up for work and all, and on top of it, are carrying around and enduring these terrible encounters and these terrible events. So it's like great for you if you've never had any of this happen to you. It's great for you. Laugh at us. But you know what? The people that do do it, they are not only being abused and and used and victimized once. They're being done twice. Because when they come home battered and bruised and confused and lost and vomiting and everything else from whatever happened to them, there's no place to go. So you either pick yourself up and live with it or you don't. I mean, that's your choices. So we are very cruel uh, with our denial and fear to those that do have to deal with it. And, you know, I, I write and try to get people, you know, if someone is telling you something terrible is happening to them and they appear to be look, looking not so well physically and you do see damage on them physically and, you know, they, they are not the same as they were, at least just believe them. If you're afraid to help them, fine. But don't laugh at them and don't, you know, abuse them. And right. uh, that's, you know, one of the main things why I sit down and try to write about this stuff. Because eventually if you entertain people enough, something may sink in. So that the day they are sitting on the beach, put down their, if this is possible, put down their smartphone. I don't know if this is actually possible, though. <laughs> put down <laughs> yeah, their really. smartphone. Well, that's fine. If that's capable, they're capable of doing that and looked around and, oh, my God, there's an orb the size of the moon right there over the water looking back at them. They may, re- you know, not just have a heart attack and die. They may realize, you know what? Many other people saw this. What I should do is get up and remove myself and, and go find other people and get out of here. I shouldn't, like, run over and offer myself or anything. You know, the more knowledge you have in life, on any subject, the better off you're going to be. So I always find it very interesting, Chris, when someone who was a non-believer, a skeptic, a doubter, a, you know, an out, even an outspoken critic, has an experience. Yeah. yeah, yes, and their yeah. whole paradigm is shattered, and it does happen more often than people realize. It, it, and, it's uh, great. I had a professor it happened to, and he was in West Haven, Connecticut, with his family, and they were went to McDonald's or Burger King or something and rode down to the docks at West Haven, Connecticut, and was sitting there with a bunch of other cars with their hamburgers, and they were all eating, and a huge UFO came up out of the Long Island Sound and hovered over the dock looking at them. And he doesn't, he (laughs) thinks there could have been some lost time, but he's not sure. And then the thing just took off like a shot, and they they couldn't see it. It went so quick and fast up into the sky and disappeared. And he knew me from um, his academic life, not and but knew that I was starting to write about the paranormal at the time. And he uh, contacted me and told me this, and I thought it was so funny because he would humiliate me and put me down and ostracized me every chance he got when we were right. together. And I said, I can't believe you're the one telling me this. 
he said, well, I'm just telling you, because then he spent the rest of the conversation trying to convince me that hmm. this was a military object that was kept under the water that is human-made and human-run and human-piloted and absolutely refused to even entertain the idea it could have been something alien. Or and even said, something from another species here. A species, yeah. right. No, absolutely not. And I said, do you really think we have things that can speed, travel at that speed, and get, you know, leave your eyesight so you cannot even see it within, what, what did you tell me, five seconds? That, you know, and he just argued with me, no, that's a military thing that we have now, and, you know, and they'll be seen all over, and of course they weren't. Hmm. But... Well, he had one right in his face and wouldn't admit it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that that was his security blanket. Yep. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. No I mean, he it. yeah, he he could not phantom or maybe he could maybe he could phantom, but he just feared really actually feared to tread there. Yes, uh, his that, psyche could not handle right. it. That was yeah. that was that was, his, that was his comfort zone if he if he tried to, to go he tried so to go beyond that. Yeah, he would. Uh, it, it, it would. It would collapse. I mean, I'm, yeah, I've, a lot of times. I, well, I've. Involved, you know. Well, yeah. Well, see, now I've seen people just just like this gentleman that you were talking to. That I mean, they they basically suffer um, a mental collapse. They really do. They they become they become depressed. Uh, they become socially um, uh, withdrawn, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people. Don't recover from that, and yeah. uh, so I mean, see, that, that's a defense mechanism uh, because his worldview had been threatened, and you know, uh, for somebody like that, the there's there's really two ways that he could uh, he could deal with that by either just completely breaking down or denying it, coming up with some kind of conventional explanation so he could continue on with his life. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it, that would be it for him. <laughs> and, and you know, that's the, the 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 experience for most. Like, look, I'm known for I write about the unknown, and my specialty is UFOs and abduction. That's my my wheelhouse of of interest, right? And that I know the most and the things about, and that's what I'm known for. And I would say. Well, it goes from in the summer, I get many of them every week. Even during the winter, there doesn't a week go by that I don't get something sent to me that somebody saw something or they wanted me to call them or I talk to them. And they had their first UFO sighting. And it is the funniest thing in the world to me. They tell me the whole thing, and a lot of times I write it down. And I question them and I talk to them and they start to get very angry with me. And then they tell me the whole thing again, which they just had told me. And then they start like yelling it at me. And I said, I know you just told me that it was, you know, and then finally I'll say to them, why are you angry at me? And it's because I do not react the way they want me to. What they want me to say is, oh, my 
God, let me lay on the floor. Oh, my God, i got to kick my feet and scream. You saw a UFO. They don't understand. To me, this is what I do. I've seen them. I've had to deal with them when I was a teenager, up close and personal. I've been burned by them. I'm sick to this day from them. I know there's UFOs. You don't have to convince me of that. But because they never believed anybody else, and they never believed the word I ever said, they then want me to fall to pieces because they finally saw one. So now that they realize all of this is true, and they can't understand that I'm composed and listening and taking it in and agreeing with it and kind of a little bit matter of fact. Well, after you've lived your lifetime knowing this exists, when I go outside and see a red cardinal, you know, I've seen them before in my life. They're beautiful. They're unusual. I stop and look, but at this point in my life, I have seen them before. And, you know, and understand when other people <laughs> tell me about them. But they don't get it that I've talked to thousands and thousands of people who have seen UFOs. I know they're real. I've seen them myself. As I said, I've been harmed by them. I have burns on my legs now that are a horrible problem that I've had for 50 years. And and I never could deal with it. They don't have to convince me. What they've got to do is calm down and learn how to focus to deal with it in case they see another. Because my feelings is if you saw one, there might be a reason why they wanted you to see it, and they might be back. So, you know, uh, people, when you see something, don't then collapse because you saw it and want everybody else to fall to the floor because if you finally figured out that that's, they're there. Yes, they are. So, you know, you have to learn now what next to do. And uh, that's a job, let me tell you, to get them to calm down and figure out, you know, what I should do. Another problem I have is people that want to go and take a keg of beer and go down to a lonely beach where there's no one around and take laser lights and flashlights and try to attract UFOs. Uh. And I'm going to say, well, let me shake your hand now. Let me pat you on the back here because I'll probably never see you again. And, you know, say goodbye to your family because that's probably the stupidest thing I ever heard you say. <laughs> right, I you know, agree. Don't yeah. do these things. Don't take, don't tempt fate. Because don't opposed, seek out. Don't right. seek out the paranormal. Don't seek yeah. out hell if you right. can help. Right. right, right. So you know these are all things that when you do what I do as much as you do it too, the things that you come across. We are really screwed up when it comes to the paranormal. All parts of it. And another thing is we put everything in one basket and we don't know the difference between a ghost and a shadow person and an alien and everything is all, you know, we're just very, we're not real educated or knowledgeable on these subjects. And it's really stuff we just don't understand that we really need to. So, you know, I wish we could kind of get out of the dark ages and move ahead with it all, but it doesn't, I don't think it's going to happen. Not in my lifetime. 
Well, it's it's extremely hard to uh, uh, to educate people um, about this kind of stuff because I mean, uh, first of all, you have to deal with uh, those in academia who insist that none of this is real. Uh, if you think it's real, then you're delusional. Right. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, um, you know, that, that everything is just, you know, is, is cut and dried. You know, there's no, uh, no ghosts, no UFOs, no God, no nothing. There's just, right. you know, uh, uh, there, there's, there's just this world and that's it. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, the universe, the universe just, uh, everything was just happenstance. And if you believe otherwise, well, you're crazy. Right. So I and mean, I have, you know, and, yeah. And may, I, may I take this opportunity to say this to those people? Wrong, wrong, and wrong again. <laughs> you're just wrong. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and they will find it out sooner or later. Yeah. Hopefully yep. sooner, actually. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, let's. Uh, uh, I want to continue this conversation, but we have to go to a break here. Uh, oh. Let's let, let's get that let's get that out of the way, and uh, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Chris Holly. Um, I've got I've got so many questions here, and I know we're just not going to have the the time to ask them all. So uh, let's just let's get this break out of the way, and when we come back, we will continue our conversation with uh, Chris Holly. You're listening to The Outer Edge on the PSN Radio Network. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Father still begs for change. Mama won't say his name. Like to talk about him every holiday. My friends are moved away. Music just ain't the same. We like to talk about him every holiday. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. 
For more tax-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, there's another one. Wow. Busy, busy me. So, anyway... Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. My friends keep commenting on my comment. Oh, there's another one. So many comments on my comment. Oh, I can't wait to watch TV tonight. Playoffs! Hey, guys, check out my new video game. Wait, wait. Mom, what? What? Hold on. What'd you say? Wait a second, huh? This weekend... Unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks! Radio Loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the Radio Loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then, you keep on listening like you already do. But now, you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for stuff in the Radio Loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the New Players App Store. Pretty simple, right? Radio Loyalty. Click that banner to join now. You're listening to the Outer Edge Radio with William Michael Mott and Tim Schwartz, only on PSN Radio. Listening to the Outer Edge on the PSN Radio Network tonight, we're talking with Chris Holly. And uh, Chris, I wanted to ask you um, one of your blogs, and and this this story just has has fascinated me um, ever since the first time I read it. And and this one dealt with um, uh, somebody that used to be part of a I think it was was it a Yahoo chat group that uh, that you were participating in that uh, uh, seemed to be uh, very intelligent could answer all the questions that people the most would put out there the stranger yes yeah yes. he creepy back and you know uh, I was in a chat room and it was all full of scientists physicists and in fact, I was brought in there by a friend that I went to school with, you know, many years ago. And he is now, I'm not going to give his name, I would never do that to him, but one of our top physicists in very important things that he's working on for, for, for this country. And right. he, he was in there with this guy, 
and we were in there with all kinds of guys from they studied all from astrophysics to uh, biology. There were just all kinds of scientists in this private chat room, meaning it was just for scientists. You could get in there, but if you weren't a scientist or you didn't behave yourself or somehow related to it, they would boot you out or silence you. It was in the days that they had that kind of control over them. I, I don't go into the chat rooms anymore, so I don't know what it's like, but then it, they were run pretty tight, tightly, and um, there was this guy showed up, and he named himself at the time Serious Serious something, serious thinker, but the serious was like the the uh, S I R I U S, you know, serious. Right, the star right. constellation, right? And um, he would start talking to these scientists, and it was like he knew everything about everything that all of them were, which is impossible. You can't know every kind of, you know fact about everybody's specialty but he did wow. and then webcams cams started to come online right along all this was happening together and everybody put their webcam on which was kind of creepy now that i think back at it and you sit there <laughs> and you know look at each other while you were talking but when he turned his on we would all just go focus on his and enlarge it and be staring at him and in private im saying to each other what is what is that? Who is this guy? What's going on? This guy had absolutely no hair on his he was his body at all. No eyebrows, no eyelashes, no hair on his head or his arms anywhere. Okay, he could have that disease and not have hair. He could have had severe radiation, but I think to have that kind of hair loss, he'd probably be dead if he had that much radiation. Um, he was completely white, like almost like an albino, but he had huge, dark-colored eyes, hmm. and he was thick, thin, and tall. Um, and he talked in a very soft voice where you wouldn't know if he was really a man or a woman at some points. It was that kind of unisex-type tone. And... Um, he was very, very super weird smart. And we would focus on him every time he came in the room without his knowledge. Everybody would focus on him. And then they started started to be, he's here, let's cross-question him on subjects he couldn't possibly know and see if he comes up with it. And that would be, we would like to think up things that were so, you know, out there and he couldn't possibly know this and ask him, oh, by the way, and he would be able to have a conversation with you on it. So it was really, really weird. And he also, if you would look at him, would seem to like lose his head into his shoulders. I can't explain it. And then he would straighten up again. So they would look sort of like snake or, excuse this, kind of vile, but like penis-like. Mm -hmm. And then he would straighten back up again and look more normal. And it was freaky really bad. Then they decided to talk about books and no matter what book we would talk about hey I just read this book or that book he would say oh that's a great book and he would reach behind him where there was a bookcase and pull out the book and show it to you so then that was our next game let's find obscure titles that he would absolutely not have and talk about them 
and we would talk about it, and he would reach over and get that book, have that book too. Wow. So now we knew, okay, this is something that we either got somebody in here watching us, or he's a robot, or he's, we didn't know what he was. He's a scientist, so the last word they'd ever say is alien. But yeah. um, they were all thinking it. So then he claimed that he lived in Florida, and a few of the scientists lived in Florida. So they said, well, you know, I have this or that, and I'd like to send it to you. Would you mind if we sent it to you to get an address on him? And he would IM them an address, and they'd send him whatever it was, a manuscript or a paper they had just published or something like that. And a few days later, when it so-called arrived, he would hold it up and show it on cam that he had got Dr. Hoosis' paper, and he had it right here. And then it got a little freaky. He started to question the females in the room, want to talk to them privately, and he was asking us absolutely insane questions about sexuality that we were like, first Things of all, he should, have, should have known. He, well, since he's been like five. Yeah. And then he would tell us what, what he thought would be uh, sexually appealing in a woman, and he would be like, what? Being covered with fur from head to toe? Or, you know, whatever weird thing he said, it would Damn. be so crazy and off the wall, and he absolutely knew nothing, nothing about human sexuality. Huh. So then, And this this reminds me very much of Men in Black, you know that. Yeah, well, so then... He, uh, but he didn't. He, 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 he was. I'll, I'll tell you the rest of it. He was so weird, and when he caught on, that then we were questioning him because we thought he was weird, and then tried to say, "Well, we're all going to get together in Florida." We weren't, but uh, so we're going to meet at this and this for lunch. The guys that did live down there were trying to bait him to meet them for lunch, so we told them the whole group's going because he kept, you know focusing on some of the females. So, oh, yeah, we were all going to go and get him so we could see what the, what the hell he was. And he went offline, couldn't find him, nothing. So they tried to write to him, and the letters were returned, no such resident at this address. So the guys that lived in Florida actually got together and drove to that address in Florida, and they found an open field. Hmm. There was no house there. There was no mailbox there. They don't know how he got the, the manuscript that he got. They don't know how he got the mail that he showed. Couldn't figure it out, and he went missing. Couldn't find him anywhere. They searched for him for years. The scientists looked for this guy and couldn't find him. Now, I recently heard that he's resurfaced um, somewhere and now has phony, like, hair sewn onto the top of his head and with cover-up glasses, dark glasses, so that you can't notice he doesn't have eyebrows or eyelashes. But he's back, and he doesn't seem to recognize somebody actually saw him and confronted him in Florida, and he claims that he's not that person, but he is. So there are a few people looking into this, but a bit nervous about it because they realize... If you find out more info about this guy, send it to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to look into this guy. 
<laughs> well, now, when you say he surfaced, I mean, has he surfaced back, you know, like in chat groups or, or stuff like that? Or? Actually, they saw him on a college campus. Really? And because he was so, you know, tall, thin, no color, white like an albino, and wearing a hat at the time, he he walked over and talked to him. He thought it was another one or whatever it was. And the guy played dumb, like he said, but he said it was absolutely him. So it, it's very interesting, and I, I then backed away from it. To be honest with you, it was a little scary to me. I didn't know what he was, but I did know that he knew where all of us were hmm. because he was um, far advanced. And um, that made me uncomfortable. I was having enough problems in my life with you know things like him. So yeah. I, I backed away from that, but I did write about it in case he is trying to, you know, enter someone's life or do whatever the hell he was doing here. Um, maybe people would be aware of it, but yeah, that was also a very interesting case. And I was just glad that there were so many male scientists around that saw that, that took the lead on that one because I didn't want it. I really didn't. I was afraid of them. Well, it's too bad that somebody wasn't able to get a screen grab, um, you know, when when everybody had their 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 cameras on. Uh, I, ha- I I hate to tell you this. I had one, and when one of my computers blew up, I lost it. Uh, I had uh, one for years. Oh my gosh! Hmm. Was it and ever he, Was it ever online? The picture? Um. Yeah, it was years and years because ago. Because if if, if, it, if you know when and what the web address was for your website at the time, you no, it was go never on my art- website. Oh, okay, I, just, I grabbed Screep just exactly what he said off the webcam when mm-hmm. when I was in the chat room years and years ago, and I just kept the picture in my in my pictures in my personal pictures, and um, I think a couple of the guys also have it have them, <laughs> but um, he's extremely dangerous i can just tell you that from my gut feeling i was always terrified of him really mm-hmm. he's not here for the good of us well, for him to, for him to know the the level of detail about personal uh subjects about you know dealing with all these different people there had to be some sort of surveillance going on which is not cool at and, some and- level he had some access where no matter what title you said, he was able yeah. to like push a button and they would have that book would appear. They were able right. to print it or 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 um, hologram it or whatever the hell it was they were doing. Yeah. Something was That's, not right. And, and in fact, one of the scientists felt that he was using a lot of holograms in the background of where he was sitting, which he claimed was his office. He thought that that was not, that that was all staged for our benefit. Sure, and, sure. And also, he would start talking to some of these scientists, in particular about something that was not very interesting for the rest of the people in the chat room. But he yeah. would want to focus down on this, like, one thing that he was yeah. trying to get out of them. So it wasn't too long before they figured out, oh, boy. What the hell is this? Well, he was picking their brain. He was di- he was data mining yeah. and trying yep. to find out what they knew. I mean, right. he already knew it. He probably already knew it. He wanted to know what they knew, how right. much they or what knew. they were going to do next, or where it was going to go next. Right. right. That kind and, of and stuff. On right. top of that, Chris, a lot as you as I'm sure you know, a lot of anomalous entities and beings have a very strange, obsessive 
fascination with human sexuality and reproduction. And this guy or thing was apparently no different. And that's pretty creepy because that says that I am looking at you as a resource. You know? Well, I think what we were to them, or I think that there's probably many that I, I know there's many different species out there of life forms, but there are some that we are just biological materials to them. And yep. I think that all sexuality or love or compassion or romance, let's put it that way, has yeah. been lost to them for so very long that they don't even know what that is. It and sometimes seems like the only emotions they really have are kind of like the, the emotions of a sociopath. Um, <laughs> anger, anger and frustration when they don't get their way. And that's pretty much it. Well, we're like the same we would feel if the ants in our backyard didn't do what we wanted them to do when we tried to kill them. They went and built another mound. We'd be all mad. Well, that's exactly how they look at us. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. They are completely different than us. And, and I used to write about this all the time with people because they would annoy me when they would say, you know, oh, aliens are just the nicest, greatest things in the world and they're here to cure cancer. I'd say, really? Then why do we still have cancer? Yeah. Or why didn't they fix all your problems? Or why do we still have war? You don't know what you're talking about. They could care less is what the real answer is. That's not why they're interested in you. You're just yeah. a little lab rat. You're just a, res- a resource. You're just a resource. You're just yeah. a right piece of material that they need. And they don't have human qualities. They're not no. human. Why do you they're, keep looking for human qualities in these creatures? Yeah. They don't, they're, they're, they're not going to... They're parasitic, aren't they? Well, they sure as hell are not going to be your mommy and your daddy, because that doesn't mean anything to them. <laughs> or, or your guardian angel. People, or, people right. look at these things as like right. you know, uh, uh, in a religious aspect. A lot right. of times. No, no, you're right, absolutely. And they're not going to understand how you right. feel if you're a mo- mother or a father or. You like your friend, or you really don't want to see your brother chopped to pieces. They're not going to understand that if it's not part of their culture and their way of life and how they live and what's important to them. Well, I'll tell They're you something not interesting human. about this. Uh, yeah, I think this goes back for thousands and thousands of years. And uh, Tim will tell you that you know I'm generally the opinion that these beings are uh, more or less co-planetarians with us. They're just different in the way they think and the way they reason and, and and the way they look at us. They're somehow dependent on us uh, for genetic material. Uh, without us, they can't reproduce their own kind, whether it's in the lab or however they're doing it. But, you know, I, it takes me and, and like, I'm sure you guys can relate to this. I have so many um, things like this in my mind, things that I've read, things that I've absorbed, things that I've studied. And most of them I can remember what they are and where they come from. Like I remembered your story earlier, your personal story. But there are some things that I can remember, but I don't remember exactly where I read them. And one was a story about a a lady who, at a very early age, was introduced to this character that was kind of like a, sort of like a, sort of like a human, but more, sort of like a gray alien. I don't really think they're aliens, but like a gray human hybrid. 
And this being was coming to her when she was really young, and then he kept coming to her, kept coming to her. And by the time she got to be a teenager, he was expressing all kinds of uh, um, inappropriate interest in her. And then when she was a, a woman, you know, he would show up and 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 just seem to take great sadistic delight in terrifying her and saying, you're mine, you belong to me, you're my property, I can do whatever I want to with you, things like this. And it, there seems to be this this element here, just like with an alien abduction, where you know the supposedly they're telepathic, and supposedly you know they're they're good guys, and supposedly they they're advanced. Okay, well if they're advanced, then why are they terrifying people? Why can't they just get what they need while you're asleep and totally out of it, and you never even know they were there? That's the first question. The second question is why do they uh, engage in these terrifying encounters with people uh, that are painful? intrusive, almost like, well, they aren't almost, they're like rape scenarios, rape, abduction, but then they want to tell people, we're your, we're here to help you, we're your friends. Oh, what are you scared about? You know, they know exactly what they're doing. This is called Pavlovian conditioning, okay? It's also called uh, the Stockholm Syndrome, uh, where they want to condition people to put up with whatever they're dishing out, okay? You don't have any other choice. We know we're doing something mean to you, but look, we're your friends. We're here to help you. You know, that's a bunch of bull crap. Okay, whatever these beings are, and I have my own ideas, which, you know, were in my book, of course, but, you know, they they have a way of doing things that actions say one thing, words say another, okay? And if they were advanced, if they were telepathic, they would know quite well what they're doing, the terror they're causing, the fear, the mental problems, the psychological upset, all this stuff. And if they were compassionate and advanced, you would never even know they've been there, you know. So there's definitely something else going on here. Yeah, but that's one part, one one species that's doing this. And how about the fact that it's enjoyment for them to do that to us? It is, and it's a game. And maybe we've got the teenagers of the, the the species that are torturing and bullying and doing all this to us for fun. You don't know. You don't know what it is. But there are others that do just take you. You do not remember it yeah. until afterwards, and they damage the living hell out of you yep. physically. Yeah, and exactly. And they don't also don't care, but they are compassionate exactly. enough where you don't feel it. When well, here's being the, done well, well, are they compassionate, or are they just doing it because the or extremes are going to or so? Yeah. yeah, they're being devious, yeah. I mean, the they thing is that, and, yeah, well... Again, if they're advanced, if they're also advanced and, and, and so forth, even if, if you want to talk about in terms of cultural or, or spiritual development, then why in the world would they damage people? They could get whatever they need without damaging anybody. They could but get genetic Mike, material. You are, again, yeah. you're giving them human qualities. Yes, yes. But my point is if that... If it's a reptile that, that all they care about yes. is if they want to eat, they slay whatever next to it and eat it. I agree. And if I they agree. want to have sex, they grab and rape whatever there because that's their way. That's and right. Then why would they care one way or the other how we felt? That's what well, you're dealing with. Well, this and goes that's, on to, that's to what, the extrapolation people come to, right? And they can be the people, advanced and still be like that. Yes, exactly. I agree. People have this idea. That they're benevolent space brothers. No, 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 like no. They're center, not. That they're they, here for our own good. All this crazy stuff. And this is something that's so alien in its outlook. It doesn't have any compassion. It doesn't have any... Um, it not doesn't, human. It's just, yeah. 
it's just like with, with the uh, um, the Men in Black stories, the real stories. They don't understand the most basic things about human interaction, kind of like the guy you were talking about, whether it's sexual interaction or other things. Right. They seem right. shocked by things like chewing gum or, or whatever. They they just – there's jello. Just, <laughs> yeah, jello. Yes, jello. Exactly. Just totally, totally alien. But well, it is. As, we it's, like we know nothing. And yeah. look at the grays. Did you ever look at a gray? It looks like an ant. It has an ant's head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. ants, oh, how do we know that that's not evolved insect, that that's what that is, yeah. and that it's in a spacesuit, so we actually don't know what it looks like. Its skeleton might be on the outside. It might be a giant bug, and we don't know it, but it sure as hell looked like an ant to me. Well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my thoughts are on, on, the, on the gray specifically, other than I think some of them are, are bioengineered, but... Other than that, right, right, I, robots, I, I, not even yeah. life forms, or or even cybernetic, or even a, 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 a half breed, right? Yeah, part part part, phys, part life part uh, part life form machine. and part yeah right. exactly. But here here's the thing about these these things. Okay, if, if a spacefaring civilization is not going to have great big eyes, if there's something that st- spends their whole history zipping around the cosmos. Large eyes are a detriment because space is incredibly full of dangerous radiation, including stuff that can go in through your eyes and fry your brain. Okay, So if you evolved into that type of environment or if you were genetically designed to be in that environment, you would have small eyes that were well protected. But if you're a nocturnal creature, something that lives underground specifically or under the ocean, you would have large eyes. Because you spend most of your time in low light to absorb conditions, more light. right? Right. Mm-hmm. And when you come out into our world, as some people have reported, you might put on big black contact lenses in order oh, to protect definitely. those eyes. Those are lenses. That's not their eyes. Yeah, I, I think the grays are in suits. Those are their suits are second skin because they're so evolved. And those black eyes are lenses that are fully big enough for them to, like I wear real big sunglasses. You know, covered yeah. my uh, much of the skin on my face too. Well, that's what their their lenses are. I think right. there's a lot of things. There's some that might be able to live on this planet, but you know that's very specialized, and they probably have to be tweaked because of the bacteria and the atmosphere on this planet would probably otherwise kill them if they just tried to land. It's not what people think. I don't think these creatures come and get out and walk around. Without a lot of help, meaning I think they're all enclosed in some kind of protective material. Maybe they send out the Bigfoot might be an animal they they devised to come out and get samples from our planet that uh, can can take the bacteria and the atmosphere. And they let them run around in the woods and then collect them again, which is why they're seen in woods all over the world. And I mean, there's all kinds of things we cannot figure out yet. We just don't know. But species of aliens, I think right. it's countless. And well, you each know, one is different. And they are not human. And they're right. not going to treat you like a human. And they you, don't expect to be treated as a human by them. That's right. They're going to treat you like they treat whatever the hell it is they are. <laughs> right. And, and, and right. another thing right. that you touched upon here is a lot of these uh, 
supposedly divergent entities are actually interconnected in some way. Yeah, yo, yes. And I do believe a lot of the things that we deal with are either total robots or half life form, half machine. And that they travel well that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and they would be heartless. They wouldn't have probably any feelings left at all in them. Or even genetically engineered to, uh, you know, from from various various, uh, earthly species to create something that serves a function. Right. Scary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 what I think. Especially you know when you uh, you you look at these cases like so the, the gray aliens or uh, some of the creatures that look like almost like praying mantises. You know, I often yeah. wondered if you know you're not dealing with things that have been genetically engineered by some other intelligence that we never interact with. Uh, yeah. and, right, and, right. But the, but these, you know, the, the genetic engineering are using uh, Earth uh, Earth life forms, right? You know, because that's that's what can that's that's what can work here. You know, whatever it is that is the ultimate source of these things cannot work here. So they have physically. to, yeah. yeah, physically, yeah, they have to create uh, uh, things. You know, like you said, like uh, cyborgs or you know, genetically modified. Uh, um, um, creatures to do their dirty work for them, or even to inhabit, so they can be here. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. They have to actually right turn them to being able to survive in in mm-hmm. our our environment. And right. the way to do that is to pull from us what they need to make them enough of what it takes to to stay alive here. Right, it's, all of it is very 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 interesting but the one thing i wish people would stop thinking is that you know you go outside and you lay out a nice you know ham dinner for them figuring they're going to come and be your friend and stop the war and take care of you and make your wrinkles go away or whatever else (laughs) it is that you you think you need that they're not and it really bothers me when i see on the media people that will argue this point you know that no they are good and and they know the meaning of life really well what is it then i love well, see there's no there's no basis were, for that that yeah. that's some sort of pipe dream you know right. if you look at all the liter- literature the history the the folklore the the ancient accounts the modern accounts these beings are not benevolent period right period they're they're very self-serving and that's it and anybody that that buys into this you know universal brotherhood galactic is council really frightened yeah, it, it's like totally brainwashed gibberish is all it is. Yes. There's no basis for it in any real um, substantial form. Nope, nope. And all these people that claim that they were taken on the ship and told the meaning of life and all the, well, what they tell you? Yeah. They never get to that. They never tell you that. And they're going to cure this. Well, really, how? What they tell you? Mm-hmm. What they show you? When's that going to happen? Yep, they told you the meaning of life. What is it? <laughs> well, then they don't want they don't want to talk about. It. They change the subject. They tell you what yeah. color the walls were. And I, oh, please. Yeah, oh, I agree. I agree. They'll make up some Believe other story. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Chris, uh, we we we've got less than ten minutes left here, but uh, I wanted to ask you along these lines of uh, what we've just been talking about. Now, you said that. Uh, 
um, that you've had experience and you were left with burns on your leg. I mean, do, mm-hmm. you, uh, do you care to uh, elaborate on that just a, a little bit before we have to go? Oh, sure. <laughs> I come from a long line of family. Um, Orwell, R.H., negative blood, Irish, um, fair-skinned, blue-eyed people that have had to suffer with some type of lost time experience that's been passed down from my grandparents started with mm. it. And um, when I was a kid, it wasn't so you know subtle. I was with two other friends, and we were. It was a Halloween night, and we were behind our high school, and waiting to meet up with other friends. And a craft that I've never seen before, totally silent, flew in over the football field, which had about ten, fifteen kids in it, all waiting for their friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking up, and it was a big scar oval type craft, and it had windows, a line of windows around it, and what looked to me like an enormous gyroscope. And I think I'm the only one that's ever said this on the top of it, which it would spin when they hovered, and that thing would move as it hovered. And the next thing I remember is a flash of light, which along with this type of abduction, there seems to always be a flash of light, which I now have discovered that they figured out in rats, they can use a flash of light to remove their memory. Okay, Hmm. so that's what they were doing to us. And the next thing I knew, I was running out of this, away from this thing, screaming with my friends, which in my head I thought we saw it, it scared us, and we turned around and ran home, but it was three hours later. And when we got home, I I started vomiting and had a fever. And my legs were very badly burned from the knee down. And it went away but came back and would always go away for a little while and come back again. Then when I hit about age, I don't know, 50, came back and wouldn't leave. And it would also sometimes get like reptile-like. And I have to do an enormous amount of therapy on it with creams and stuff to try to keep it like human skin but it's bright red absolute brutal burns and they are painful and it wasn't only that the group of kids that suffered this with me had very unusual lives they had these things happen again they've been taken again there's children born to this group of people with IQs over 190 which believe me none of us had that in our background <laughs> and um very unusual strange things and that that this then followed us and our families and our siblings throughout our lifetime so you know people think oh you're crazy no we're not crazy and we're really damaged we're sick um we had our iqs changed from average to gifted within a just a very short time uh, the, the, I took and gathered these people of uh, finally had the courage to do it. And it took me a long time because they didn't want to come forward because they were horribly hurt. And then on the other hand, they were also given the gift of added intelligence, which made them be able to blast through school, get degrees and take care of themselves in their lifetimes with pretty good success and jobs where they were able to support themselves and they didn't want that ruined because they needed it and they needed those funds to protect themselves against this 
aggressive abduction scenario, which you can yeah. do by moving to crowded areas, putting lights all around your house, never living alone, have large, vicious dogs, and it's all other kinds of things you can do. Never go out by yourself. And it's, yeah. it's how the, all these people turned out living. And um, I was able to gather them. It took me years, and I got finally a handful, up to 12 of them, and I spent a year of my life actually meeting with them. We would meet in different places on the East Coast and talking to them about all of these things, and I wrote about it. And I'm planning to write more about it because they have very strong opinions about a lot of things. They're very mad at society for not helping or protecting them or believing them and um, feel that our government and powers that be on this earth do not want to know or keep them quiet because we offered up ourselves when I first started to do this out there to any institution, military, or private sector people, which I'm not even going to mention them. I'm disgusted with those, those guys, too, that were taking over our space programs to examine us if they wanted to. And to talk to us because we know a lot of, not a lot of stuff, we know a lot of things. And, and to let them look at our bodies and see what was done and test our blood. Some of us have very bad toxic blood and things like this. Hmm. And no one, not one, not one university organization or, or group of anything got back to us. Hmm. So then we decided, okay, it's off the table. And, you know, I, nothing I could do about it. These people were very, these people were also doctors, scientists, uh, you know, attorneys, professors. They're not jerks. And for them to finally come forward and offer that and just be given the cold shoulder. And then um, also be told, you know, laughed at and called names and insulted. And that, that closed that deal for me. I wasn't able yeah. to anymore with it <clears throat> and it's very sad but you know uh, I said this to them you know I write about this I'm trying but I know I was there I had it done I live in this body I've dealt with it I lived a lifetime like this and I did get the benefits as well as the the horrors from it I don't really care anybody else knows at this point if they ask me like you're having me on the show I'll tell you whatever you want to know and you can believe me or not, I don't care. And that's the difference, I think, between me and other people. I really don't care. I yeah, know. Yep, what do I care go. if you know or not? Yeah, I agree with that. Listen, I'm offering it to you. It's um, free. You know. Well, Chris, we're almost to the end of the show, but we have a couple of minutes left. Uh, tell people, if you would, where they can uh, see your blogs and, and learn more about your, your writing and your Oh, it's very easy. In fact, I have up a story now about a guy you should all read, a 75-year-old royal, ex-royal British Marine, and he had extreme, extreme experiences that's worth the read. All you have to do is type in any search, Google, Yahoo, wherever you are, Chris Holly's Paranormal or Chris with a C, C-H-R-I-S, Holly's, H-O-L-L-Y-S, Endless journey, and my stuff comes up all over the place. You'll have okay. no problem cool. finding it. All right. 
Great. Well, uh, Chris, unfortunately, we are out of time. And i tell you something. I, I want you to come back real soon because I have a bunch of other questions I'd like to ask you and other things that I want to talk about. You're just absolutely fascinating. And I'm, i tell you something. This, uh, the two hours just shot by tonight. <laughs> well, terrific. I, and I really enjoyed talking to the both of you. And I will come back anytime you want me to. All thank righty. You. That sounds good. Right. Well, thank you, Chris. Well, thank you. And just be careful out there, guys. Yep, you too. All right, well, Chris, stay on the line here. Let's uh, We'll All finish right. up the program here, and okay. uh, we'll talk to you when we get off the air here. So, okay. uh, Mike, uh, yep. thanks. Uh, great show tonight, and uh, I hope that the uh, thunderstorms uh, pass you by without uh, uh, too much uh, flooding and damage. Yeah, me so, too, so Mike. So be good. careful up so there with good. those things. all right guys well uh you've been listening to uh, the outer edge on the psn radio network i'm tim schwartz be sure to tune in again this time next week for another fascinating program so for all of us from all of us here thanks for listening and good night